0: Hello, and welcome to Jeff Pasito Reads. I'm Jeff Pasito, and this is today's story. Chrism, Chapter 9. Nieta. Ernesto awoke to the deep growl of thunder and a flash of light across his room that caused his mirror to reflect the ghosts of his dreams. Then his mother enters the room. Merite, she calls as she shuffles into his room, turning her head to gaze blindly in the dark. She calls again in a slight sing-song as she searches for Ernesto's long-dead sister. Ernesto sits up on his elbows on his bed and looks about himself. What was he doing in his bed? His attention moves to the moon-colored sheets draped over his lower half. He never sleeps in his bed. He glances to the doorway that leads to the small vestibule between his room and the living room. He preferred the rigidity of his couch the one he had reinforced with plywood and two-by-fours. This isn't real. He must still be dreaming. The specter of his mother continues to search the room, looking for her daughter. She feigns opening drawers and looking behind the curtains with stone-faced disinterest. Ernesto's eyes follow her movements about the room, his head dipping and bobbing as she slowly makes her way about. Overlooking him, she peers under the bed with closed eyes, still chanting her daughter's name in relentless monotony. The swaying arcs of his head tracing her ghostly dance draw him from the bed as his movements begin to mimic hers in a false caricature of her graceful form. His bare legs slide from their warm pocketed indents in the mattress through the cold of soft cotton sheets. He stands, unsteady on his feet, balancing in a light-headed haze momentarily as he stares at his pale, bony feet. Raising his head, he glances around for her, his heart jumping momentarily, thinking he has lost her, And there she is, near the door, turning away from the wardrobe towards him. He steps forward, his feet unsteady still, like a toddler taking their first step, the world unfamiliar from this vantage point, the body unsteady as it attempts something new. His eyes remain transfixed on her, and while her form is well defined, he is still unable to see his mother's face. The last time he saw her he had a similar issue, as he couldn't quite see her face then either. That was of course over 40 years ago one week after she had died as he continues to stare at her through a quizzical scowl he sees she is dressed in what looks like it might be a wedding gown but ernesto recognizes as a large baptismal outfit the proportions reimagined for a full-grown adult finding his footing ernesto slips by his mom as she begins her circuit of the room again her calls for his lost sister fading into the distance His steps feel as though they are floating along the slick parquet floor, appearing unblemished and unaged, as if newly refinished. Silently, he slides through the doorway, left open by his mother's entrance, without interrupting her lament. As he crosses the threshold, he remembers that 40 years ago the exact same thing happened. He saw his dead mother looking for his dead sister, and he left the room in silence, lost and looking for something, but not quite sure what. The hallway feels colder than usual but his body doesn't notice it as he passes through on a conscious level he knows he should be shivering now but his body feels oddly warm heated evenly from the inside out slowly he pads the six careful steps that lead to the entrance to the living room through the whitewashed wooden doorway cautious for no clear reason his wife is on her couch to the left her face buried into the back of the velvety chesterfield The thin yellow blanket covering her rises and falls slowly as she breathes, her feet poking out of the bottom of the sheet covered in thick grey woolen socks. Looking past her, towards his couch, he finds himself staring at his own body, laying there like usual, perfectly still. He moves closer to himself as he lays, appearing slightly contorted and awkward. He shouldn't be able to see himself like that, like others see him like a stranger to his own flesh. His face is oddly pale, his sunken cheeks more pronounced. It isn't the face he was used to seeing in the mirror every morning. The grey stubble of his chin appeared to vanish into his white flesh and his lips lay slack, all the tension of his ears seemingly released. He raises his prune-shriveled hand to his own face, as if touching it would reveal its true colour and shape. Then a knock comes at the door. I've been looking for something. A blond man in his 50s, or maybe 60s, faces Ernesto across the threshold of his home. He is shirtless, wearing a pair of loose-fitting trousers that seem to ripple of their own accord. For a very long time. Maybe he was in his 40s. Ernesto squints at him. It is so hard to tell one's age as you get older. Young people often mistake short periods of time for longer ones, so maybe he was in his thirties. The man carries a half-smirk on his face, not in condescension, but more in wry comprehension. Ernesto opens his mouth to speak, dry yet soft lips parting for what felt like the first time, but the stranger continues. I didn't know what I was looking for. I couldn't remember what it was. The stranger pauses in a brief, silent internal reflection. Until I cleared my mind. The smirk broadens ever so slightly into a smile as both corners of his mouth upturn marginally. Ernesto is puzzled, and his eyebrows knit as he stands there, staring at the stranger beyond his front door, who seems to carry a presence that fills the whole of the outside world. "'I was looking for you, Ernesto,' the stranger's head nods forward, eyes bugging open slightly as he intimates Ernesto, standing before him in his own light, loose-fitting outfit." I've been looking and waiting for you for a very long time. They stand in silence, the two men, eyes locked on one another's face, but taking in the entirety of each other's personage. The man continues again, serious but not graven. I've been waiting for you to die. Ernesto's body locks. The whole world seems to collapse in on his mind as his eyes grow wide. His breath stops in his throat, panic rising in him but unable to find purchase on his ethereal frame. He shoots a glance back to his body lying on the couch in such a peaceful slumber. His face flushes of color, paling him whiter than his own cadaver laying mere feet from him. As he turns back to the stranger, lips open in subdued awe, pupils dilated wide, the stranger holds out his hand. Have... have we met... before? Ernesto stammers out in Italian as his body moves of its own volition, gently reaching his hand out towards the stranger. Yes, we have Ernesto, but conditions were less than appropriate for introductions. Taking a step backwards, the man drops his hand from an upward palm of invitation to a welcoming handshake position. My name is Martin. Ernesto's hand instinctively reacts, turning itself to meet Martin's in a hearty grasp. Martin Engels Piacere! My name is Ernesto. As their hands touch, Martin's subdued expression turns to a full and gracious smile. the Tahiya a'iyat, a'eshbu. And as they dissolve to nothing, a wide, magnificent set of pearlescent white wings spread tall and wide from Martin's back. The thick layers of feathery plumage occlude the world around them. With a swift beat of his wings, they are gone in an instant, leaving behind only husks. Martin's sprawled across a bed of blood-soaked satin sheets, his eyes wide and vacuous, a warm handgun clutched in his left hand, and Ernesto's lying peacefully on his couch. The scowl of the weight of his life and time shrugged off his face for good, with Martin's suicide note in the breast pocket of his plaid sleeping shirt, in his handwriting, with Ernesto's signature. Thank you for listening to today's story that concludes chrism i hope you enjoyed it please join us next week for our last story and the final episode of this season seven song if you'd like to get in touch with me you can reach me by email at jeff that's j-e-f-f at p-a-c-i-t-t-o.com on twitter at jpacitoreads, or visit our website at pacito.com see you soon